How do you know you're up to date? When you follow EMS World, you answer that question with confidence. Because when we say EMS World, we mean the whole world of EMS. The remaining question for you is how will you stay up to date? In print, online, at EMS World Expo, the world's largest EMS dedicated conference, and now in a podcast. Welcome to another episode of EMS World Podcasts. I'm your host, Mike McCabe. As we continue to evolve in this industry, we find ourselves taking on more responsibility, more adaptability, and certainly more risk. Provider safety has always been of paramount importance, but as we continue to take on more of these roles, continuing to maintain that level of safety gets harder and harder. Recently, we've seen a great deal of integration between law enforcement, fire, and EMS. Historically, separating these disciplines was always the play, the stay-in-your-lane mentality, if you will. Times have certainly changed, however, and the way we integrate and respond has as well. Ballistic gear is on its way to becoming standard PPE for EMS providers. But what about ballistic vehicles? Here today to discuss this idea is Mr. Jim Massery of Lenco Armored Vehicles. Lenco, plan for impossible. Jim, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much for the invitation. We're honored to be here. Jim, historically speaking, armored vehicles have always been associated with SWAT operations. It was such a specialized resource. It never really got a lot of attention outside of that service line. As we jump into the conversation, maybe give the listener a little background about Lenko's line, including the Bearcat and the Medcat, which have such great brand recognition. Thanks very much. Sure, of course. So late uh, in in nineteen in early in nineteen ninety nine, actually, Lenco was actually a, a small uh, cash and transit builder. Though we had a big footprint in the marketplace, uh, we were successful at building cash and transit vans and what have you, and selling to all the bigger names uh, within that within that circle. Uh, but we had decided that there was that we were missing something. We weren't exactly sure, but we just felt like there was something else out there that uh, armored vehicles needed to uh, play a role in. And the idea for a a purpose-built armored SWAT truck uh, was put forth and uh, Lenco embraced it and uh, built the original Lenco Bear in 1999, drove it around the country, brought it to trade shows and sold a grand total of zero armored SWAT trucks that year. (laughs) (laughs) But we didn't quit. And the following year we sold two and the following year we sold six. And around that same time, a smaller version, which was inspired by calls we were receiving from LA County sheriffs and Virginia State Police and and other entities that had a really big uh, impact on the way law enforcement operated their SWAT teams. Uh, so that inspired a smaller version of the Lenco Bear that we call the Bear Cat, which we built on a Ford F-550 Super Duty. And um, you know the rest of the story. The Lenco Bear Cat is, uh, now has uh, over uh, uh, 2,400 uh, vehicles sold. Uh, 100% market penetration in the top 100 urban areas. Variants of the Lenco Bearcat called the Medcat and the Bombcat and the Firecat are now all part of our uh, uh, portfolio. And we're now starting to see interest from uh, the rescue task forces, the fire chiefs, the EMS directors. And one of the things they love about what we're doing is we're protecting first responders from an impossible situation. Uh, 
So when we say plan for impossible, we're talking about uh, gunplay, small arms fire, rifles, uh, handguns, uh, pipe bombs, um, uh, IEDs, uh, tornadoes, hurricanes, floods. We have a, um, uh, a, uh, a water fording kit now available on our Bearcat G3. So the truck has really gotten much more mature, but we, we, we honed our skills taking care of the law enforcement and military and State Department community as well. The State Department was very instrumental as we uh, developed our embassies in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. But that, that's another matter. But one of the people that were, was there was constantly challenging Lenko uh, to, to, uh, to come up with new designs uh, to, to, to service their needs because they, they weren't a military role. They were more of a security role around the consulates and embassies that were that were in those hostile areas. And uh, we, we meet SWAT operators all the time who said, you know, we served in Iraq, we served in Afghanistan. And when we were at the embassy, we drove Bearcats and we drove dignitaries around in Bearcats. So they weren't military vehicles per se. They were more of a security vehicle in a military theater. Uh, and, and, and obviously when you run into a, uh, a North Hollywood uh, situation or, uh, or a uh, Mandalay Bay, God forbid, type of situation, bear cats and med cats and bomb cats and things like that are, are invaluable. Yeah, there's no question that the history is there um, with the Bearcat. And I, I think it's just synonymous with that type of SWAT vehicle. Um, like you said, there's 100% uh, market penetration with that. And then it carries over. And, and we have, I, I constantly say, but we've evolved so much in the emergency service sector. Um, you know, years back, going back is just as few as five years ago, we never would have thought that ballistic gear, ballistic attire would be becoming so prevalent in the EMS and fire industry. But here we are, um, you know, times have changed. And it, what has never changed is the safety element that is necessary for the responder. That's, that's always, you know, the mantra, scene safety, provider safety. And so that is now carrying over, I believe, into this venue with respect to armored vehicles. And maybe get a little bit into the MedCat because everybody's familiar with the Bearcat. Everybody that sees a SWAT operation on, you know, TV now on any major news network is going to see multiple Bearcats at a scene. But I don't think that the EMS community has grasped what is capable or what is out there for the profession integrating with law enforcement as we do get more involved in rescue task forces and, and SWAT tactical operators and things like that. Maybe talk a little bit about the MedCat. Sure. So the original MedCat that we designed for the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department was because of the integration of EMTs uh, onto their team. And uh, they were just, they were part of the, they were really part of the SWAT team. And uh, what what they uh, what comes with their variant is wider bench seats uh, with uh, stretcher restraints on both sides, so that a litter can be put down on the on the medical bench seats, which will all, which could also double as first responder seats or SWAT seats. Uh, trauma lighting overhead, jumbo deoxygen bottles, IV hooks, stretcher hooks, suction, and now a brand new. Uh, rear flip-up seat so that loading or unloading a, a tactical litter onto the back of the MedCat is much easier. For those agencies that can't afford the full MedCat, we've also gone a la carte with some of those options. Uh, 
each of the options are now available. For example, if you only had funding enough for the base model uh, Bearcat for 200704 and you, you wanted to upgrade to the medical bench seats, that's only $3,200 more. So the idea that you could be into a 50 caliber rated four-wheel drive, 10 to 12 passenger Bearcat with medical capabilities for below 210000 is really very appealing to many of our fire and EMS customers. Obviously, budget restraints are always going to be there. Introducing a new vehicle means introducing other maintenance and uh, scheduling and costs associated with that. So we've tried to make the MedCat as affordable as possible while not taking anything away from it still being used as a medical, as a SWAT vehicle. Now, for those that, that have absolutely nothing to do with SWAT in their requirement for armor, we also have an advanced rescue medevac, which introduces Ferno intracts on the walls so that there can be a location for four litters to be transported. We delete the gun ports. We delete the rotating roof hatch uh, and the gunner stand so that, uh, because it's not really designed as a counter uh, counter fight type of vehicle uh, in, in the event of a, if there's gunplay. So uh, it has an emergency escape hatch. It has a winch. It has a, uh, uh, a curbside uh, personnel door. And it has a, a more of a fire and rescue fender design in the front grill hood and bumper on the front end. Uh, it has a suc uh, suction device. So uh, advanced scene lighting. Things that make it a little bit more appealing to a director of EM EMS who's like, well, we're, we're really not going to have SWAT operators inside of here. We're just going to have our medical team. Typically and historically, the way that, that this was done was, you know, in, in any type of dangerous or, or austere environment, law enforcement would go in and they'd throw, you know, the injured or downed officer into the back of a squad car or the back of a bearcat and they drive them out. And, and we all know that that wasn't ideal, right? That wasn't optimal care that was going to be able to be provided, but that was just the acceptable standard. And what's happening now with, with you know, with vehicles such as the MedCat is we have the ability to have the best of both worlds here where we can fight the fight, but also have a location inside so that we're within the forum, right? We're there present so that there is zero delay in patient care. And that's ultimately what we want. We always want to be able to get our hands on that as quickly as we possibly can so that we could do what we can for that downed officer or that downed provider. And that's what the, that's what this is giving us. It's giving us the ability to do that and really to scale our operation, right? I think scalability is a big thing with this type of vehicle. Right. And I hate to bring up this the uh, Mandalay Bay shooting again, but just play that out in your mind. Now you have a scenario where you have a limited number of bear cats and an excessive amount of ambulances. The ambulances are all one mile away. Why? Because of the firepower. Right. Because of the, the distance that this um, maniacal man was able to fire. So imagine if every one of those ambulances, and I know that this is kind of a um, optimal scenario, which would be very hard to make reality. But imagine that every one of those ambulances were medcats. They wouldn't be a mile away. They would be in the fight. 
They would be there. They would be taking gunfire off the side of the truck while every one of those trained paramedics and EMTs inside that Bearcat or Medcat were providing life-saving response to people that were bleeding out. And, and, And that extra mile could have been the difference between life and death for so many of those poor people. Right. And what shouldn't be or or should never be forgotten is the fact that the vehicle is not just for the mobility of moving patients, but it's also for hardened cover. Right. So if we have to take care of a group of patients in a certain area, you put a Bearcat or a Medcat in front of those providers, they can tend to those patients, right, with without the fear of being hit by fire. Right. That's true. You know, I mean, that's that's a huge component of this. Whereas you're, if you're using a regular uh, cruiser or a regular ambulance, certainly there's the penetration factor. Um, you don't have that with this type of vehicle. Right. That's right. You have so many more options and I can, you can just visualize the uninjured walking alongside that med cat as it, as it um, made its way out of the kill zone in that area, and which, which, Reminds me of something that I heard at a uh, NYPD FDNY seminar that I went to a couple of years back. Uh, they each had their chiefs get up and speak. And one of the things that stuck with me that I loved, and I'll never forget it, was police stop the killing, fire stops the dying. And th- our equipment, Lenco equipment, is designed to take the same type to provide the same type of ballistic care and protection to the fire and EMS community as it does SWAT. And we all know that when there's an active shooter scenario and the bad guy sees a red truck, he doesn't say, well, I don't need my high powered rifle. Let me go down, go and get my BB gun or, you know, let me go and get my pellet gun because I don't need that. that, I don't want to waste my more expensive bullets on them. No, they just keep right on, you know, the government is the government or the, the, the community that they're at, or the first responders that they hate, that they consider to be their enemies. It's, it's, it's all the same to them. Well, keeping in line with that, Jim, I'm wondering, you know, as far as the adaptability portion of this, certainly we've, we've got the ballistic side covered, right? And the law enforcement and even integrating with EMS and rescue task force, SWAT operations, tactical operators, that type of stuff. But there's also the fire side of the house and there's the search and rescue and the natural disaster. And, and maybe talk a little bit about those options that are afforded and built into the Bearcat, because we talk about so much as, uh, you know, about fire as a weapon now. Um, and again, fire as a weapon is something that we don't necessarily have access to extinguish or to suppress because we can't just send vehicles in that are going to be, you know, compromised. So talk a little bit about that. Sure. So one of the uh, cool new trucks that Lenco developed is called the X3. The X3 is a utility vehicle uh, with a truck bed on the back. It seats four to five people. It's armored to the same level as any Lenco vehicle, 50 caliber rated NIJ4 and above. And with the utility portion of the truck, you have the ability to put the firecat option on that on the back of the uh, bed, which is basically a skid with 300 gallons of water, 12 gallons of foam, uh, uh, a pump, a mixing system, and a water monitor on the roof and all the controls inside. 
So if you're on a job, whether it be a building or a, a um, let's say a brush fire or a, a forest fire, you have the ability now to go mobile with your Lenco truck and not worry about falling debris that could take out uh, the roof of a softer skinned vehicle. Uh, that particular capability is being looked at very hard by the fire community. We've quoted it numerous times, but ironically, because of our deep penetration into law enforcement, the first two fire, first three fire cats that we sold were to law enforcement. <laughs> but what are they doing? They're infringing now on some of the work that belongs to the fire side. So we can't say to them, well, you're certainly not qualified to operate this because we, we know they are. They do have some training in that area. But one of the things that they have to deal with is the impossible, right? Mm -hmm. They go to a job. A uh, perfect example is the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. They go to a job. They got an active shooter jumping from house to house. And you know how close the houses are out there in California. This guy just happened to be right at one of those walls that separates one of those crazy busy freeways in, in L.A. And the guy had an easy access to shoot into the highway from the second story window of the house that he was that he was in. And sure enough, what does he do? He lights one of the houses on fire. Well, LA County Sheriff's is there and they've got their fire cat. Mm -hmm. Or no, they, um, excuse me, they don't have their fire cat. It didn't, they didn't buy it yet. And we had a demonstration model built that they had seen. And after that event, I said to my boss, we're going to get a phone call from LA County Sheriff's. Mark it down. Because I know the industry very well. I've been working with it for a long time. Sure enough, Within a week, we got a call from the L.A. County Sheriff's. We want to look at that fire cat you've got. We had an impossible situation, and we hadn't planned for it. And now they plan now what they had realized was that they needed water. Otherwise, because those houses were so close together, there would have been an entire block or neighborhood fire. They couldn't contain it. And the, and the man that was shooting had high power rifles and he was jumping from house to house and they couldn't get a handle on where he was, where he was. And they couldn't call in the fire guys because what are they going to do? Show up in soft skin trucks. So it was, it was an impossible situation that now they're ready for the next time. Thank God they were able to get it um, under control, but it was a very difficult scenario and it painted a picture. Well, I mean, Jim, the product is uh, tried, true, tested. The the options are there. The question is always going to, you know, come out. What about cost, right? I mean, it's uh, you know something like this is expensive. It's cost prohibitive to many agencies. But maybe talk a little bit about how to combat that cost right. issue. Right. So th you're absolutely right. You know, there is a cost to everything. Th there's a cost to recruitment. There's a cost to retention. There's a cost to morale. One of the things that we have discovered is that once an agency, whether it be police, medical, or fire, once they make a commitment, commitment to a Lenco vehicle, their recruitment is impacted, their retention is impacted, their morale is impacted, and, and they're impacted in intangible ways that, that, are, that are hard to put an exact number on. If an agency tells their their team, look, we just ordered a MedCat. 
Yahoo. There's never a bad reaction. It's always a positive reaction. So all of those things, and and I, and I, and I could talk specific prices. You know, typical typically a Medcat uh, on a G2 with the street tires is roughly 250 to 280 thousand. The G3 Medevac is roughly 300 to 350. Uh, the Firecat uh, is roughly 375 to 425. So yeah, are they expensive? Sure, they're expensive. But when you look at them compared to the cost of any other apparatus, they're not expensive. And when you look at the fact that they last 15, 20, 25 years, they're not expensive. And when you look at the fact that if they go through a hurricane and they get hit by falling debris, there's very minimal damage to the vehicle, so they hold up longer. So typically, Lenco vehicles, unlike some of the cheaper foreign stuff that we've seen uh, try to come you know, into the country, Lenco vehicles don't cave in when there's gunplay. They don't bleed bullets. They repel bullets, very much like Superman. Bullets is just ping off, and a typical repair is a tube of touch-up paint. So that, that's one of the ways that you combat it is by realizing that the vehicles are very durable. The body, there's almost never body work required on a Lenco because even if you get sideswiped or rear-ended, our running boards will cut the other vehicle in half because they're mil-spec steel. Ultimately, it's about safety, and this, this is the premier vehicle for that. And this type of expense with the integration model can be shared across multidisciplinary uh, multidisciplinary aspects. So you're going to get more bang for your buck with this. So Jim Massery, I really want to thank you for coming on and sharing uh, a little bit about the, the Lenco vehicle, the Bearcat, the Medcat and the different lines and all that they can do and all that they can provide for the first responder community. Uh, I certainly want to thank Lenco, uh, plan for impossible. And, uh, you know, we look forward to learning more and seeing more of these products roll out as we go along. Thank you very much, Mike. You've been a great uh, host today. And thank you for listening. And remember, EMS World Expo 2022 in beautiful Orlando, Florida, October 10th to the 14th. It will be sun, fun, and learning all in one beautiful time and beautiful vacation. So make sure that you register early uh, and don't miss out on some great, great speakers down there. And again, I want to thank you for listening. My name is Mike McCabe. Catch you next time on the next EMS World Podcast. This has been an episode of EMS World Podcast. You can find this audio and more like it on the podcast page of emsworld.com. You can also follow EMS World on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 